0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the finale of season three for the Riverdale Recap Podcast. Today, we will be talking about episode 22 Survive the Night. I'm I'm Mary Kwikowski, and I'm joined, as always, by the enchantress herself, Kirsten McInnes. (laughs) Kirsten, what did you think of the finale of season three? So I know it's become kind of a thing where every single week I say, that felt like a fever dream. What did I just watch? Okay, but seriously, what the hell did I just watch? That felt, I don't even know if it was a fever dream. What's the next step past a fever dream? Like, I feel like I just took drugs. Well, was it Fizzle Rocks or Jingle Jangle? Because I think, you know what? I miss Jingle Jangle. Remember when the worst thing about Riverdale was Jingle Jangle? Remember when the worst thing about Riverdale was like some mild slut shaming? Yeah. Oh, wow. Been a long time. Time. So... <laughs> Let's do this before we even talk about the episode. Because let me tell you, we've been churning out some real nice, like 50 minute podcasts. I have a feeling this one might be a little bit longer than 50 minutes. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Maybe it'll be quick to talk about because there's really one plot. There's a lot of there's a lot of a lot of stuff in that plot. There's a lot of something. Anyways. So before we get into it, right now, one out of 10, how entertained were you? Okay, so here's the thing. <laughs> no, this I is was a good confi- one. Out I was ten. too confused to be entertained. So probably like a six? Okay, six isn't bad. Now one out of ten. How 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 satisfied are you with the conclusion? Like with were your were your questions answered? Did you feel like it wrapped up the season nice and good? Like a negative five? Okay, that sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. I think I think I will go higher. I think I was like an eight in terms of entertainment, but I agree that I think I, I have more questions than I went in with now. Even yeah, though I, I've got some things <laughs> answered, there's just so many more questions now. I just I turned on the episode. I watched the first scene of the episode. I said, what the hell am I watching? And it just got crazier from there. Although to be fair, while I have a lot of questions, I do really appreciate the fact that they did give us a conclusion. Like even though there's, there's more, there's obviously going to be more from these plot lines in the future. Some of them were pretty much completely wrapped up and we don't have to deal with all of them in the future. Looking at you, Gargoyle King. (laughs) I think so at least. I hope so. Much like, because season one and two, they they kind of, their last episode was, they actually wrapped up the conclusion of the mystery in the second to last episode. And then in the last episode, they led into what was going to be in the next season. This one definitely, I mean, it wrapped up most of the mystery in maybe the first half of the episode. And then the second half or second, like one third was leading into the next season. But I'm I'm more interested in what we got for the next season than I was with either of the prior two. Yeah, I like how they needed to give us a flash forward in order to get us set up for next season and and we'll we'll talk about the flash forward when we get to it because I think otherwise we're just gonna want to only talk about season four stuff and not what actually happened in this episode you're not wrong but I don't see a problem with it yeah well we'll get to it I don't know it's it's really interesting when you look at this season finale when you compare it to the season one finale and the season two finale because the season one finale is pretty much all setting up the black hood it's it's a lot of Archie's, you know, I can't even remember what happens at the first time. I can really only remember the last scene. I guess, I guess it's a little bit of fallout. Oh, it's because like Cheryl tries to kill herself um, on the frozen lake. Oh yeah, Archie begins his punchaholism with that ice. Yeah, you're right. And then, the, yeah, then the Black Hood comes in and tries to kill Fred Andrews. And so that, that was a really sort of normal, I mean, normal for a teen mystery drama, but a normal transition into, oh, look, there's going to be a killer. There was a killer in this season and there's going to be a killer in the next season and we're already moving into that and it's just kind of normal murder mystery thrillerness season two ended with like jail drama, which I don't care about. Like I did not like the ending of that one because I just didn't, I didn't, I wasn't looking forward to season three being about Archie being in prison, which like, I wish he'd stayed in prison. I mean, kind of, except I, I mean that the, for me, this season, the first like five episodes are like, some of the worst of the season. Not the yeah, but not the midnight be- club, But ugh. but it's not even because of Archie being in jail. It's just because of everything because none of it made any sense. And like now that we've seen the end of season three, like a lot of the prior, stuff that maybe didn't feel like it made sense before does make a little bit more sense now but like they didn't do an adequate job of showing us why it would be important later on like we finished season 2 being like okay cool we're done with the black hood whatever when it turns out that that actually was a huge thread through season 3 not just at the end when he actually escaped from prison right so like they gave us setup, but they, they didn't make it seem significant enough to feel like set up which made it feel like a waste of time right we've talked a lot about good mystery writing and what Riverdale does well and what Riverdale does not do well and well I don't know if we actually talk about what they do well but wait, what, what who, do do they do anything well except yeah, for their uh, costuming is great and I, I think their casting is good and, and stuff like that I mean they're filming it's beautiful and remember that car crash that was beautiful but yeah wow. the, in terms of their mystery writing something that's kind of annoying that they do and it starts out this episode really is they will put in a piece of information so in this episode for example because we'll just dive right in. It's the matchbook that we found from the Maple, Maple House? Maple Club, whatever it's called. The Maple Club that was shoved into Kurtz's throat. And we found that several episodes ago. I don't even remember how many, like four or five episodes ago at least. At least. They pulled that out of his throat and they went to the Maple Club and then like that never got brought back up again. They didn't even seem to question in the moment. They just followed that trail and immediately got sent back to Kurtz. Like it didn't, wait, what was it? Not in Kurtz's throat. Whose throat was it in? Baby teeth. Baby teeth. And baby teeth. Come teeds. on. Sorry. Kurtz also died. It's all confusing. Too many- yeah, but he wasn't mutilated in the throat area, just his back. Yeah, well, that's that's true, but yeah. So we we went to the Maple Club, and I remember in the moment we were asking ourselves, oh, shouldn't they be investigating this? Clearly, Penelope is involved somehow. We still don't know how the matchbook got in his throat. All we know is that it just led us there. And Then they found a flyer, and then they got sent to the El Royale Boxing Gym or whatever the I don't know Elio's yeah. Boxing Gym. So that's not good mystery writing. To then just randomly be like five episodes later, Jughead say, like, you know, hey, should we have investigated that a little bit more? Let's go do that again like you can't that's not planting a seed that's telling you something having your characters mess up and then need to bring it back later well yeah like exactly in that episode when the event originally went to whatever the brothel's called it should have there should have been another clue that we could have seen there so that even if you know Jughead and Betty don't notice it we see something super sus that makes us think hey what the hell is Penelope up to and we didn't get that so it just feels sloppy yeah it, it, it definitely was and there's a lot Lot of stuff that's like that, and and it's why you know we try to catch things like you know keep going back to the portrait of Veronica and stuff like that. That when they don't have a purpose, it feels lazy because it seems like so easy to make it have a purpose, and it's almost like they're yeah I don't know they're not doing their full job of being mystery writers. So I don't know. Yeah, and I just think a lot of that comes down to are these people mystery writer writers? Like I don't know how much experience they have in that, and that will make it tough for them to build like a universe, right? And and Riverdale is a really weird combo. And I know we've talked about this in our season one podcast as well, but Riverdale is not full teen drama and it's not full mystery or sci-fi or whatever weird fantasy element they want to add in to that particular season. It's both and it's trying to do too much at one time because every time you get like a couple breaking up or kissing or whatever, you're like, oh yeah, I forgot it was a, a teen drama as well. I forgot that relationships were supposed to matter. And they, they contradict so much because it seems like I'm pulled out of the suspense of whatever is going on in the mystery in that moment. Like, oh, hey on, you guys don't have time to make out. We're trying to deal with something right now. And then conversely, every time they're dealing with the mystery, I'm like, wait a second, but I I don't care about you guys as people as much because we don't haven't got to spend as much time with you. We know nothing about your real life and what you're doing. So trying to do too many things. Yeah, and the other thing too is it's like something we've talked about a lot is how we get so much instant gratification in this show that we end up with stuff where it's like okay well well, that was already resolved six episodes ago why are you bringing it up like they didn't have to resolve it like that it feels like they're trying to trick us and not in a mystery way because in a good mystery you should be able to solve it if you're paying attention right definitely yeah we'll, we'll get to the big reveal later on this episode which I think we had pieced together some of sort of from last episode I don't know they're even in the moment when they're having Jughead figure everything out it seemed like wait a second how are you just figuring this out now or like not not oh you should have done it earlier but I don't even know how you have enough information to get here so we'll get to it but but Jughead starts out the episode talking with FP FP is really only in like one scene in this entire episode and he's talking about how he just doesn't believe that Jason could be the gargoyle king it defies logic which cracked me up because the CW's catchphrase is dare to defy so yes it does defy logic also this whole season defies logic Jughead this is nothing new this show has never had logic even yeah. in other seasons like welcome to the club yep uh yeah so <laughs> sorry I was I, I was thinking about the song um one of the drunks and they go welcome to the club anyway sorry continue <laughs> I mean I do love the song one of the drunks that's a they great do. great <clears throat> call one of my faves on that album I like that one um but yeah so then they like, go to the maple club and again it's just like what we talked about like we don't have the rationale for why now is the time to go there and like what like there should have been something else that drew him there since he missed the other clue or again some other clue that came out prior to this like it just felt like it came out of absolutely nowhere it's because we wasted so much time this season having Archie learn to box and doing this whole boxing thing I mean he had he had like three fights in the last several episodes none of which mean anything or progress the plot line of the mysteries and he did that when we could have been having Jughead solve the mystery and piece together a little more things so it seems a little more gradual and it seems like you know it seems like in this show like Jughead was doing a whole lot of nothing or a whole lot of distracting himself with the serpents or the prom or the gargoyle king or whatever and not really trying to solve the murder I mean he was dealing with his mom for half the okay when you look at what happened this season like I was saying season one one murder mystery and they even had time in 13 episodes to do other stuff to have a whole episode that's just sort of about Cheryl and the Blossoms or a whole episode about Jughead's birthday and... and partying and whatever. They had time to do other things and you still got to know the characters and you still got to solve the mystery. Now, season two, they tried to add in a little bit a little bit more because we have Hiram and we have the Black Hood. So we got two things going on. And then this season, we went from having one thing to two things, which made sense because season two was twice as long. Season three, just as long as season two. But like real quick, off the top of my head, we got six or seven plot lines. I mean, we got Archie in jail, Archie escaping from jail, the whole on, like the run plot line. Mm -hmm. Jughead and his mom, Jughead, and then Jughead's mom and Hiram, which was sort of a different thing, all the mm-hmm. ju- drug trade. You had a whole bunch. Remember when the other Blossom brother was in this show? Like he was. No, to be I there. No, I don't remember He was that. a big thing. Exactly. I forgot his name. Not Clifford. Something else. Howard. I don't remember what his name was. <laughs> Hal? No Is idea. Hal Betty's dad? Yeah, Hal's Betty's yeah, dad. Yeah, okay. Remember, whatever. We were, they, they all look guys. the same. I don't care. Yeah, whatever. Sisters of Quiet Mercy. The farm. The farm moving into Sisters of Quiet Mercy. Uh, Jughead. Oh, bro- n- Nuns the pretty killing poisons. Themselves. Yeah, the nuns, the pretty poisons. Every single character. Oh, Veronica's whole speakeasy. Archie fighting, Elio, the whole bear situation. Um Veronica becoming a PR specialist. Yeah, the the casino stuff. Like, what is going on in all of these plots? We do not need 15 plots, we just need two. Maybe. Well, and that was like, I know someone sent us a tweet of a BuzzFeed article of like, these are all real plots that happened in- or like real plots and plot points that happened in Riverdale season three. I And I started reading this article and it just kept going and going and going and going. And it was like hundreds of things that were just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. That happened in this one season of television. I like, like not to get too ahead of ourselves, but like tonight when they were doing their stupid challenge and Archie has to fight a bear or whatever for a brief moment, I thought it was going to be an actual bear again. Would not have been. And I was like, is Archie going to get mauled by a bear twice in one season? And we're at a point where that feels possible in Riverdale. Like it doesn't yeah. even feel that crazy. And, and there's a difference between a show going off the rails and becoming ridiculous and a show doing this because like Smallville is the example I go back to just because it's it's CW and it's sort of similar in some ways with trying to be, you know, a I don't know if I would call it a murder mystery, but like a superhero mystery, you know, battling kind of show, adventure show, but also with a teen drama plotline And so there was one particular season where it segues and there's a whole like witchcraft plot line happening where some of the normal characters are like possessed by the spirit of the 17th century witches or whatever. And it just go really goes off the rails and really detracts from like everything else that's going on. You're kind of like, wow, what the heck is going on? This is a fever dream. What happened to Smallville? Smallville super weird now. That was con- contained to like one season and then they never did it again. And then they didn't get all weird. The preview we got for season four, not making me feel like this is going to go back to normal. <laughs> well, and the thing is, is even when Riverdale was like briefly normal for like 15 episodes or whatever, I feel like it's jumped the shark a long time ago and now they have just totally leaned into this complete ridiculousness. Yep. So, okay. I don't know. So yeah, so Jughead's asking around because he decided now would be the time to ask people about Jason. And this is like, okay, plot hole number one. So the women who work at the brothel, they've seen Jason and they know that Penelope has a son. Oh yeah. And his name is Jason. No, one of two things. Either Penelope should have told them a fake name or tell them it's a secret so that they can't tell people about it. Like, th- th- this... How would this have not been caught already? They've been to the brothel three or four times this season. Like, wouldn't they have caught Jason at some point? Yeah. How did they never run into him? Like, Riverdale is not a big city. Yeah. Okay. So that that's, I guess maybe he has his own bunker. Right. So Jughead's like, okay, cool. I'm going to figure some stuff out. In the, in the interim, we flash over to the Veronica Archie stuff, which doesn't matter. Veronica and Hermione have a happy little moment where, yay, they own everything, including... Okay. And I've got, a, I've got a problem with this because, first of all, um, Hermione already owned the Pembroke yep. because that was the main whole reason why they moved to Riverdale in season that one, episode one. season one, episode one stuff. Yeah, is that it is the only property that is in Hermione's name. Second of all, why would they get to own everything? Shouldn't everything Hiram owned have been actually seized? And then we see Veronica and Hermione actually have to struggle to like, make ends meet. They, they literally said that it was going to be auctioned off last yeah. episode, but I guess they just get it. So So was it auctioned off to Hermione? Like did they, did she buy it in I, like a I mean, lot? Like I just don't understand. If Hiram and Hermione were still married, I guess it would make some sense that she would get it. No, but-, but it would all have been seized. Like the families of people whose stuff gets seized because of criminal activity don't just like get it back. Well, I mean, this was like the whole plot of season one was they had to move here because all their stuff was seized because Hiram went to jail. Like, I, I mean, it went back when Veronica was making the whole plan to get Hiram captured by the FBI she should have probably put some work in to make sure that they would get the stuff ahead of time yeah I just it doesn't feel right it just it felt rushed and I was annoyed by it and then Veronica's like one more question and I'm like oh is it gonna be the prison which yeah, is what we talked about the last time yeah the, the, she should own the prison right because isn't that one of their properties mm-hmm. no no she doesn't care about the prison because that's important and realistic instead she just wants to help out her not boyfriend yeah, she wants to transfer the El Royale gym into Archie's name because he's proven fully capable of owning a business, which is ridiculous because Archie's whole thing is he felt he couldn't even work for his family business until he did an MBA. Now he's not even gonna graduate high school, he's just gonna open a community center, which like, you know what, at least it's a goal. Okay, um, stop giving kids properties and buildings to own and manage. Again, owning a building does not mean that you don't have to pay for it. You still have to pay for utilities and upkeep and electricity and everything. So Archie didn't have money for this. I mean, unless Veronica's paying for that somehow. Oh, I'm sure she is. You know who would be a great person to give this building to? How about Sheriff Keller? (laughs) Yeah. Give Sheriff Keller a building. Yeah. He deserves it more. Okay. And then we have just the creepiest scene with Molly Ringwald where she's literally like, oh, she gave you a gym. That's cute. No, 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 no. Bad parenting. Fred Andrews, back when Hiram gave Archie a car, Fred was like, no, no, no. Turn the car around. Take it back to Hiram. We do not accept gifts from from the lodges and that is also just way too big like did you ever have a thing a present that someone give you like I, I used to have this when i was in like elementary school someone would give me like like a movie or or like a purse or something like someone just at school just for free as a gift or like big bag of candy mm-hmm. and my mom would be like oh no you have to give that back because they're trying to like buy friendship and you don't accept expensive gifts like that just sort of for no reason and so i would have to return them because that's what you're supposed to do you don't just accept buildings yeah i feel like i didn't get like gifts for no reason but no. like maybe people weren't trying to buy your love I mean people don't want my love because I don't have any to give because I hate everyone so you know it makes sense um but yeah no if I was ever given something even to the scale of like a suit like if someone gave me like a really expensive sweater and it wasn't like what for a valid reason my mom would have been like where'd that come from yeah why did you get that like let alone a car let alone a building and a business and yet Molly's like hey cute but what about romantically she's like oh but are you hooking up you're his mom not like that what she says doing? it in the most creepy way she's like twirling her hair like mm-hmm. like bffs being like oh sally let's talk about jonathan like no stop what are you doing it's creepy also take him to a hospital please because his face is still a mess because this is like i think this episode is like immediately after the previous episode pretty sure uh, yeah i feel like not that much time passed yeah. um, and it just was like it's just creepy yeah so okay that's pretty much it we'll get to everything with the whole gargoyle stuff later so the farm okay this is why i think it's it happens immediately after. So Tony has run away and she has run straight into the arms of Penelope Blossom for no- why? St- why are you going to Penelope Blossom? You don't go to Penelope Blossom for anything. Multiple reasons. Number one, she doesn't care about Cheryl. Number two, she has personally locked Cheryl up in the Sister of Quiet Mercy like at least once if not twice. So why would she ever break her out of the farm? Number three, you drank tea with her. You know that she poisons people and also pretty sure she's knocked out Tony before. She, I know she's knocked out Cheryl before. She's also knocked out. Polly before using drinks. We so, all stop. know she is a poisoner, though. So like, but, like regardless, know this. Just don't take any food or drink from her, or honestly, touch any fabric she gives you. Like, just don't go to her. She's sketchy. She's been sketchy. Go don't to Nana Blossom. Why are you talking to Penelope? But yeah, but also don't go to Nana Blossom because she like gets sat in a wheelchair also, in a room and can't go anywhere. Why? Like, what? Where are they? Because I assumed she had gone to Thornhill, but Penelope shouldn't be there because I'm pretty sure Penelope got kicked out of Thornhill yeah, like a while no, ago. No, that's. Um, Penelope said, it's so fortunate that I was checking my mail at Thornhill when you dropped by. Okay, I missed that. Well, that is a huge coincidence, but whatever. So, she's like, oh, we gotta go save people and also Betty's there and then that's when Penelope's like, oh, mm, Betty's there. Interesting. I'll check back in on that. And I totally thought that she was in with Uh, Edward. Edward? What's his name? Edgar. I, I totally thought she was in with Edgar, which actually wasn't the case, but whatever. I mean, she was in enough that she's like fine with him so right but like she didn't know everything ahead of time which is what i, I assumed that she was like knocking out tony because she's like shoot they're finding out the information that i've been trying to keep secret but no yeah. she actually didn't know about the i assumed that tony was gonna wake up in a bathtub full of ice missing a kidney but oh, that was that not the case maybe. so betty went under the knife oh no she didn't she's about to go under the knife and we were right she had like looks like she was gonna get lobot- lobotom- lobotomized. lobotomized yeah lobotomized we were right evelyn interrupts and says oh sorry dad okay wait so is he her her dad or no. is he her husband or is he both he, he is not her dad he is her husband and I guess therefore her daddy but like she's but not, like his not, child, not biologically right? no okay I just want to make sure because she's still calling him dad even when yeah, they're just like alone I together. think it's also the kind of thing where it's like when you get into a scam like that it's easier to keep it up if you like okay. pretend all the time so like I don't know okay cool it's gross so that's good so Evelyn interrupts and says that Penelope's here and that's when we find out yeah it sounds like Penelope did didn't know every, about everything ahead of time but not like you want to buy a whole bunch of organs we'll get back to that but like I don't think that came up in the episode I I thought that she meant Betty oh like she wanted to buy all of Betty's organs gotcha. in the form of oh, Betty okay I guess that makes sense because I assumed that she like also wanted a bunch of kidneys and I was confused anyway I um, was like why and then when Betty came down I was like oh okay yeah so Edgar then tells Evelyn oh no we've been compromised too many people know our stuff so we gotta ascend like right away which I definitely thought meant like group suicide right now except like not us but like we'll make it look like it well i was hoping that that was the case because then it would be over And then they talk to Alice and Alice is like, oh, oh my gosh, okay. But then the second they walk away, she's like, hmm, I see what's going on. So all of a sudden, pretty much for the rest of the episode, Alice seems like mostly woke, which is a little bit weird because, well, I mean, we'll get, I don't want to spoil the ending, even though you've all probably watched it, but whatever. (laughs) I guess it came out of nowhere sort of in the episode because we're not seeing her like get woke. So we just, all of a sudden she seems to care about Betty and stuff, but I guess it makes us a little bit more suspicious of what's really going on. So I assumed that they were going to kill Alice, but whatever. They, yeah, they tell Alice that Betty escaped with Tony. And so at least Alice cared enough to ask. Okay. And then it's obvious though that like... (sighs) They suspected Alice enough that they made up a lie, you know? Right, right, definitely. So there's that. And then Cheryl goes and talks to Fangs and Kevin, and she does a much better job than Betty did, probably just because Cheryl's a more commanding presence. She tries to take them to the organs, but the organs are all gone. Yeah, I mean, I love that Cheryl is like with it now, but I don't like that Fangs and Kevin are just complete robots. They're not I really fun. What I thought was gonna happen was that Cheryl was gonna lock them in the freezer. Oh, I the thought sca- they were gonna try to lock Cheryl in the freezer. I That's thought she I thought was gonna get happened. one over on them and be like look at the kidneys and then they go in and they're like oh my god and then she's like boom i'm out of here goodbye yeah and then so cheryl goes into a room and sees a dude in a wheelchair and she screams i like when she says reveal thyself just like one of those things Cheryl says she's like just like a character in a different movie which is great yeah and and yeah so Alice is talking with Edgar because she's worried about Betty and he's he's like about to give her some details about the farm and I wonder what what do you think he was going to tell her do you think he was going to say like oh we have to do something with organs or I assume that he was going to give her some kind of excuse for why they're doing what they're doing but without okay. like fully revealing yeah but before he even gets to that Cheryl storms in and says like oh my gosh you've got Jason you grave robbed him or whatever yeah uh, so like that must have been really traumatizing I don't know why dead body Jason was just chilling in a room like I feel like dead body Jason still should have been kept in like a freezer or something when they're not using him right yeah so I assume that maybe like Polly had just been in chatting with him or something it's possible ew. oh I know. Ew. but I don't really know so okay Edgar's like yeah look ain't no thing I was just trying to fill your void it's chill dude yeah he's like you I'm know? just trying to help you and I obviously had to steal your bu- brother's dead body Body in order to do that and it's like yeah convenient that his dead body was like right here so that's cool this does make you think about like what was he doing to Alice for Alice to like play along and pretend that she was talking to Charles kind of curious about that like did he just have like another dead body in there do you think he just had like a person pretend to be Charles I don't know but I am assuming that this is something to do with those farm mushrooms also are like a big part of it right yeah I, I think I think it's it's interesting because while the the gargoyle king and the farm are actually nowhere near as related as we thought they were they just have a lot of things that are similar and in common okay let's stop down and say this that is something i will i will say that riverdale did a good job with mystery wise is making you think that the farm and the gargoyle king were related because you're dropping words like ascension and they're both doing sort of similar not exactly hypnosis but like looking at a a fake thing whether it be the the gargoyle statue or a dead body or whatever or a, or a person dressed up like yourself and making you think that it's something else a live person or whatever and and a lot of that is drug use and also sort of hypnosis and, and stuff like that but that is something that they're doing the same and they probably got ideas from one another but I don't think they're actually working together in the way that I thought they were at the beginning yes but here's the thing season three episode one we saw those damn babies dropped in a fire and they floated back up I need answers <sighs> I don't think we're ever gonna get that I answer. need an answer to that look I think there are two possible options for that. Option number one, Betty had an unrelated seizure and or they were doing fizzle rocks testing. She drank some water and like literally hallucinated it and it didn't happen. Option number two, it sort of happened, but was like the babies were on ropes or whatever. Like it it, it just from far away or because she was having a seizure, she thought it was something more dramatic than it was. So two I, slightly hate, different things. I hate both of those answers. I don't want either of those Yeah, but, but I true. don't want it to be mystical. I just don't. I, I know some people say that they just want the show to go like like, full-in fantasy if they're gonna do that, but I I don't. I prefer there to be logical reasons behind things, and I mean, they're t- pretty much right now, everything weird that happens, they're like, they were on drugs, so whatever. Yeah, so I guess that's probably a big part of it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, so. So people run in. They constrain Cheryl. She shouts that Tony will come for her. Look, nobody's coming for nobody at this point, although I guess Penelope came for Betty, so whatever. Yeah, she had to buy organs in bulk. I love when she said, Kevin's dad, he's a lawman. He won't allow his son to live in the 10th circle of hell that was like a random died at that line but then it's like okay but like if he wasn't gonna let Kevin live there Kevin wouldn't have been living there this whole time I want to see the conversation where Kevin's like hey dad I only wear white now and I'm gonna go live at the old sisters of quiet mercy on the farm do you think that Sheriff Keller's just like look we moved in with the McCoys and there's too many people in this house and then Josie peaced out so he's kind of like just enjoying his time as a newlywed with uh Mayor McCoy I think more likely is he's like I I've been unemployed for over a year and I can't handle another mouth to feed. So if you're gonna skedaddle out of here, then fine. Sounds good. Sounds about right. Yeah. So is uh what happened to that whole plot line with the uh with which boys? The which ones. Yeah, the the, the the Riverdale ROTC, the R R O T C Oh I assume they got the disbanded. <laughs> I assume they got um disbanded after Moose's dad got arrested. Right. Man, gosh, that's just a whole nother plot line that happened this season that didn't need to. Anyway, yeah, whatever. So Edgar's like, we got to ascend with haste. And personally, even if I'm in a cult and someone's like, yeah, we don't have time to prep. We're just going to go ascend now. I would be like freaking out that this may be a botched operation or something. So. Yeah. Well, I feel like it's the thing where they really were setting us up to believe that they're all going to kill themselves. But. Right. I definitely don't think that happened. So, anyway. So, Alice rescues Cheryl, and uh, she also has the foresight to take the other babies. That's great. I'm really happy about that, because I kind of thought that would be the thing... That'd be the type of thing that Riverdale would just, like, accidentally forget about and, like, plot hole, oops, we forgot the baby. Yeah, I could totally see them forgetting about the baby, because I know I forgot about them several times. Yeah, I mean, I know that we're not there yet. Dagwood was already taken, and he was taken by Penelope, so, like, hopefully... Penelope didn't escape with him. Um. I mean, she seemed pretty busy to have a baby with her. To be honest. Also, I just cannot with these children names. Well, that's what happens when you're in a cult and you're pregnant at seventeen. Yeah, but like Juniper and Dagwood, it made me think this cult was gonna be more hippy dippy than it actually is. I guess just because no one else's names are like that weird. Well, no one else is a baby. I guess Evernever is kind of weird. But like his name is Edgar. Yeah, but like too hot to be. He wasn't born into a cult, right? I don't know. We don't know. Also, Edgar would have been my middle name if I was. A boy, you can be hot and be Edgar. Can you think of another Edgar? Name one other hot Edgar. I feel like there's probably a lot of like people that we that go by Ed that are actually called Edgar that are like really hot. Would you rather be Edgar, Edward, Edmund, or Edwin? Probably um Ed Edmund. Really? It's like uh what's the one with the lion? The lion, the witch, and the wardrobe. Isn't there an Edmund in that? I don't remember the names of the characters in Narnia, but I do remember the names of the characters in Jane Austen novels. (laughs) Is there an Edmund in a Jane Austen novel? I'm pretty sure. That sounds right. I feel like there's a scene in uh, Twilight where she's like reading books and like all the names are very similar. Oh yeah, to that's Edward. in Wuthering Heights. I think. Oh, okay. Well, um, I was close, but I don't. I don't remember. I'm. I'm not an expert. Man, Twilight. We should podcast about that instead. I mean, we definitely should do some podcasts about Twilight, both the books and the movies. I'm all know. in. But like, Mary, if I was a boy, my name would have been Gerald Bernard Edgar. So like, where's the good name? They're all horrible. Sorry to any Gerald's, Bernard's, or Edgar's who may be listening to this podcast wait wait your full name was going to be gerald bernard edgar gerald bernard edgar McInnes. and then they went with kirsten i was almost named rodina you know rodina is pretty cool reminds me of rosina okay oh yeah oh if i had a name like rosina that'd be great but no i have um a relative whose first name is rodina who goes by their middle name and they went to my mom and said i will never speak to you again if you name your child rodina and that is the only reason why that is not my name wow okay so thanks aunt kathy uh We have gone on a tangent for a long time. Sorry guys, so back to this. So Cheryl escapes with the baby, which is great. Alice is back to her old self with no explanation. Yeah, conveniently the uh, tunnel that was boarded up like two seconds ago is not boarded up anymore. So that's great. (laughs) And then Alice is like, make sure Betty is safe from the farm and from her father. It's like, damn girl, like kind of a lot to ask for Cheryl. I mean, who else is she supposed to ask? Cheryl's the only one who's even cared about Betty at all. I don't know but the fact that alice said both of those things that was the point where i'm like okay alice is definitely back to her old self we don't know why but i'm all here for it so i'm yeah just gonna i don't complain. even care if it makes no sense having old alice back it's all that matters to me yeah and then somehow cheryl climbs up a ladder with a baby who for also <laughs> why is this baby still a baby it's been like a y- two years since this baby was born i mean obviously time hasn't moved in the way that we thought it did it, no th- it's the end of the school Ugh, whatever okay so I'm, I'm not even look we'll get to (laughs) oh I'm gonna forget to not talk about this later but like season is gonna be their senior year I'm sorry is Archie graduating yeah no I thought there was a major plot line this season that he's not going to graduate I guess he's maybe been doing like evening classes and is gonna do summer school or something I don't know but yeah that definitely put some major alarm bells up for me um maybe they're all just like pretending Archie's gonna graduate so that when they all leave him behind it's not like as bad later on just connected with these people so we can get to the rest of the people nana rose wakes up tony because okay good at least tony was just left there and this is the first time nana rose has been able to do anything the entire rest of this show she has been just in her wheelchair unable to move and the one time she tried to call someone on the phone she fell on the ground and couldn't go anywhere so how is she suddenly Was that still this season no that was a few seasons ago (laughs) i don't remember i I think that was season two At, at no point have we ever seen nana rose able to do anything it's always been like oh she's so in like such feeble health that she can't why was she now able to be like, hey tony and also i'm giving fully formed sentences and also like i was somehow able to get down here i don't know like was penelope poisoning her who even knows i mean she is cheryl's like full-time guardian so you know what it doesn't matter i guess cheryl can kind of take care of herself yeah in riverdale the kids don't need guardians <laughs> yeah nana rose just like also speaks in the most cryptic way she said things this episode like she said uh the hunt is afoot. Your school chums are the prey. And Tony's just like, I don't care. I need to go save Cheryl, though. Like, stop speaking in riddles, Nana Rose. Well, and I'm just uh, surprised that she's able to speak at all. I just, I just, I just, you know. Yeah, I don't know. Anyways, so Tony's like, whatever, I'm going to go get Cheryl. But Cheryl shows up because she, <laughs> she's the fastest runner in the world. And her feet are not nearly as torn up as Tony's were. Oh, yeah. I don't know if we talked about that before. T- Tony's feet were like Archie's I mean, she face. ran barefoot for quite some distance, I guess, through the woods. But it was pretty gross. She definitely needs like some some TLC on those little footsies. Yeah, not a good not a good advertisement for barefoot running. I don't think that running ever is going to make your feet look okay. No, not really. Um, But they reunite and they're with the pretty poisons. So yeah, they still exist. Cool. Yeah. And Cheryl's like, okay, poisons, let's ride. We're like, okay, cool. So even though both you and Tony have been missing for presumably weeks, guess you still run the pretty poisons. Also, can we talk about real quick? Why is Nana Rose keep referring to everything she keeps referring to everything as the hunt like the grand hunt the hunt is the is a foot at what point Penelope never mentioned calling it the I, hunt I, I assume that Penelope was calling it the hunt like in her planning but they're process. not really like hunting anyone during I any feel like it's in the way of like a fox hunt type situation but they have them they don't they don't need to hunt them she has the kid whatever okay. yeah but she's obviously the most strange person on this entire show okay so let's just let's just get to it all right Survive the night. So, so everyone gets a letter in like a fancy box with what like you a. Think nice think was in the rest of the fancy silk box ribbon. I, Probably like the clothes they were wearing. Maybe tissue paper or an outfit. I don't know. Yeah, it must have been the clothes they were wearing because I don't know what else would have been in there. Um, we never really got to see them open that. Maybe that's a deleted scene. But they all they all got these boxes and they're talking about them. And we all sort of assume they're from the Gargoyle King, I guess. Yeah, they're like, okay, cool. Gargoyle King's inviting us. Let's just end it all and go. Yeah, they're like, Veronica says. so... So is it a trap? And Jughead says, was there ever a doubt? Like, of course it's a trap. It's like, dude, three episodes ago, you thought you were going to catch the gargoyle king at prom and you definitely did not think that was a trap. So no, you cannot pretend to act like you figured everything out now when you were dumb two episodes ago. Well, it's like Track if it was a trap, then why didn't you find some way around it? I don't know. Plus they like, they literally got in their letter. It says, don't bring your phones. Like, and yeah, we're definitely going to die then. Did anybody tell FP about this? Nope, probably not. FP was no longer in this episode. Episode. So, Betty wakes up and she's at the Blossom Hunting Lodge on the grounds of Thornhill. I'm sorry. How many properties do they own? Why was Penelope living in a barn when she had a hunting lodge she could have lived in? Remember when Thornhill got burned down? Yeah, but it's on the grounds of Thornhill. Yeah, but why are why is Thornhill now suddenly built again, though? Like, when did they build a new mansion? I don't think they did. I think that's the hunting lodge. So, wait, Cheryl's been living in the hunting lodge this whole time? No, Cheryl's been living in Thistle House with Nana Rose. Oh, and that's like the Dowager House. Yeah, it's a different place. Why are there four effing I houses on this property? That's what I'm saying. I and why understand. didn't we see any of them at this pool party I, at the <laughs> beginning of the season? How, wow, how big is this party. property that we can't see anything on it from any distance? Like, it just doesn't make any sense, but whatever. What do you think of Betty's dress? Actually, let's just talk about the outfits. What do you think of all their outfits? Um, I only really noticed Betty's and like it was fine. I, I mostly like Veronica's wearing sort of a dark color. Plus sort of like, I don't know, like dark burgundy flowers on like a dark dress. They're both wearing the same style dress. Uh, How do you describe this style? It's like, um, they were like A-line, like T-length dresses. Yeah, well, they were a little longer than T-length. But they were, but they were, yeah, they were very like full skirts. And then they both had these little cardigan things that only went to the waistline of the dress. But Veronica's was the same color as the, or the same pattern as the rest of her dress. And then Betty's was like this little fur thing. And then her dress was a little more sparkly pale pink so it was definitely more like light colored. when betty first woke up and saw this and puts on this dress i legitimately for a moment was like did they actually do a lobotomy and this is in her head now kind of I, I was thinking that and i was also thinking the amount of time that went into penelope blossom needing to get correct measurements on betty's clothing to have like a perfectly fitted gown was anyway logistics i mean it's fine. penelope has nothing but time on her hands we've learned yeah so everybody's wearing outfits and sitting down the two guys are just wearing like suits but later on when 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 Archie takes off his jacket later, you see that he's wearing a really nice, like, light blue sh- dress shirt. It's very, I liked it. It was nice. Light blue I, is good I color. literally, I only noticed Betty's outfit. Okay. Well, I was paying attention. <laughs> well, then. Penelope bought her from Edgar, like you said. So, great. That's yeah. just, okay. Apparently, buying organs in bulk is how you say, I would like to purchase human being. Which I don't think is technically bulk, because she got so many different organs. Right. So, it's not really, it's not really the same thing. Bulk would be, I need 15 kidneys. Yeah, that's why I was confused. Confused. So I was, the whole time the episode, I'm like, so when are we going to see the 15 kidneys that Penelope bought? <laughs> didn't happen. Maybe she has those in the cooler. Yeah, there were a couple unanswered questions. So remember how how Cooper wasn't dead? Yeah, so, like, that's just everybody. Uh, Sister Woodhouse, a.k.a. Agatha, she's not dead. Yeah, but she did kill all the other nuns. Right, so that's fine. Uh, I thought we saw her dead body. I guess, I guess we didn't. I guess we just, because we kind of got, like, a big wide shot. Of, it like, was, yeah, it was just a wide nuns. shot of all the dead nuns. And, and I guess we just figured she was one of them. I mean, why Maybe? was I looking that close at the dead nuns? No, but I'm just, I'm wondering, like, did did the other, like, did Betty think she was dead? I assume that she just also thought she was dead. I, I assume so, yeah. I don't know. All the other nuns are dead, but she's not. And Penelope, like, has this, like, familial relationship with her and because she taught her everything she knows about poisons, and she was her mentor. I guess I sort of thought that Penelope hated the Sisters of Quiet Mercy because they sold her to the Blossoms, but I guess she doesn't. I guess she just really, likes Agatha who gave her poison skills. I I don't. So Jughead says that he's almost figured everything out and Penelope is probably the Gargoyle King which like okay she wasn't the one in the costume but she basically yeah she was the Gargoyle King. Yeah. Surprise surprise kind of and Hal comes in and it's like okay yeah we knew that was gonna happen and she says the kids were the featured players children of the original Midnight Club. Okay I'm gonna stop you right there. This is when it's the biggest plot hole of the whole thing in my opinion. Penelope if you're mad at the parents of the Midnight nightclub and you're trying to take it out on their children because you're mad at them both because you told them when you were a teenager that you got like sold to the blossoms and they didn't do anything about it other teenagers who were innocent bystanders I don't know what they were supposed to have done and then they didn't do anything about it when they got older neither did you though and then they didn't do anything when Jason got murdered I'm sorry Jason got murdered by your own husband like what were the none of this has to do anything with them they tried really hard to figure it out so yeah so okay her whole basis for revenge makes no sense but whatever. But also, why these four kids? I get it. They're the important kids for the show. That's a viewer standpoint. For Penelope Blossom, why is Reggie not there? Why is Cheryl not there? Why is, jo- I mean, okay, Josie like left town. But, like, Josie could have been there. Where are the other kids of the Midnight Club? Yeah, it just, it's a big plot hole. But I, they just wanted to do one mission with the like main characters of this show, which whatever. And then Penelope's like, we just have two more. guests. And out come the Black Hood and the Gargoyle King. So I think the show has done a good job of making the Gargoyle King seem scary. I don't know why they keep putting the Black Hood back on Hal when like we know it's him. So it's kind of not scary anymore to see him in the hood. But like it's not going to be a big reveal every time he walks in and takes it off again. And it just since he's got his little teeny tiny mouth. It's too small for his face. Anyway, I'm sorry. Actor who plays Hal Cooper. That's just. And also it's just like obviously Penelope had them put on their outfits so they could come out that she could then say, you know, there's no masks at the dinner table. Like, screw off. I'm done. Screw off. Okay. Um, and then, so yeah. So at this point with the Gargoyle King, did you figure out who it was at this point? No, I just assumed that it was someone that Penelope was paying. Yeah, same. And, and I, I, like, I got it. I connected. Okay. Because I think our biggest issue when we were trying to connect the Black Hood and their relationship with the Gargoyle King and the farm, problem is that the Black Hood had no reason to work with the farm right we we knew that that didn't make any sense and so we couldn't figure out when we, back when we thought that the black hood or the gargoyle king was edgar it didn't fit with how because they didn't know each other or have any reason to work together and why would edgar be getting into this costume like that whole thing didn't make sense and so yeah i do kind of feel a little stupid that i didn't think of penelope earlier like i thought penelope was related to the whole situation but more in a like i'm funding you kind of way yeah, not no, in a, I, like I'm i don't feel involved. stupid because i don't think they gave us the tools we needed to have figured this out yeah not really but but yeah and then okay so then Jughead's trying to figure this all out and they do the classic like evil villain thing of being like so I'll give you a chance to present it so I don't just say it whatever and then Jughead has time to quote Arthur Conan Doyle and saying when you eliminate the impossible whatever remains however improbable must be the truth no because if you do that like Sheriff Mineta could have been him like there's so many people who are improbable for this god you're such a nerd Jughead just Just shut up. Like Jughead, I normally like you. Don't make me hate you. Yeah, and he made me hate him a little bit. And at this point, so he's pointing out like, we needed to figure out who who was close with both Hal and Penelope. Yeah, not, no, this doesn't work. I'm sorry. Chick, surprise, Chick. Chick is not close with Penelope. What? What? Story were we given when Chuck left the show before. You mean Chick? Chick, whatever. (laughs) I mean, when Chick left the show before, we just sort of assumed that the Black Hood had killed him. That was pretty much it. We didn't really hear anything about that before. Mm. Everyone just assumed they did. They thought maybe he just ran away, but probably the Black Hood killed him. I was always skeptical that that he was killed by the Black Hood because we didn't see it happen. And remember, if you don't see the head, body ain't dead. Have Hal and Chick been working together this whole time? Yeah, the, in the show it was presented that Hal felt bad for Chick because they were in some sort of similar circumstance. I, I don't know how we got to any of that really. It was also basically stated that before Hal became the Black Hood, and started killing everyone. Penelope basically like seduced him and told him to do all that, which I kind of buy because if you look at Hal season one and Hal season two, like it's a completely different character. So that makes sense, I guess. I, I, yeah, that that whole thing, that whole thing makes more sense. Back when like Betty is questioning how in season one that he could be the killer and Alice is like, haha, he's not a killer because I don't think he was at that point. Now this does not fit with our reasoning behind how Hal became the killer last season, which was Hal basically saying like, oh, it's in my DNA and my dad was a killer and his dad was a killer, and it's you bet you're gonna be a killer or whatever. Like that, I think Hal believes that about yeah, himself. I guess so. Penelope put that in his mind as like I guess you're a killer, you have no choice. I don't know. I don't know. Also, like he's just a terrible, like, villain. Like he, his kill <laughs> he didn't even kill chick, so his kill count is like uh the chick from Archie's music teacher, whatever her name was. Grundy. Yeah, Grundy. I was gonna say Gladys, but that's not her. Grundy, Midge, the, the sugar. Man Man, and uh, we thought Chick. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. But then there's just this dichotomy. We're right here. And like, we were quite successful. And then at the end of the episode, she's like, you were always a terrible serial killer, which is the actual truth. Yeah, he was a terrible serial killer. So I don't know. Whatever. No one cares. But yeah, Chick's there. And Chick, for like when he first takes the helmet off, it looks like he has red hair. But then like throughout the rest of the episode, it looks like he's blonde hair again. I think I don't he really had know. a wig on. Oh, was that what that was? Or I assume hair red? it was like a hideous wig. I or don't it was know. was just like not a good dye job and It was hard to tell for the rest of the episode. Whatever, Chick looks better. He looks creepy in season two. He looks better now. I think the like straighter um, hair kind of works on him. No, he still looks super creepy. You're yeah, just but... being thirsty, Mary, probably. No, I'm not. Like, I'm not into. I'm not into Chick, but I think that I I think he was so creepy in season two that he is like less creepy now. I guess. Also, like, I think they were saying basically that he because the black hood didn't kill him, Chick like just sort of was like, okay, I'll just be a servant for you then. Like, I don't really know why Chick didn't escape we didn't really get that reasoning he was basically like oh yeah it was fun playing king don't you want to be in control that was like all we got uh, I don't know. he said who doesn't want um blood sacrifices in their name and I'm gonna tell you right now me I don't yeah. want that nope don't want that okay whatever so Penelope made how a murderer to take revenge on Riverdale because it's a terrible town except like she's a- okay hold on Riverdale is a terrible town because they were mean to her and like her husband was a bad guy except she's totally fine with helping Hiram sell drugs and like own the town and also kill people what you can't have it both ways you don't fight murder with murder if the thing you're against is murder um I don't even know if murder is the thing that she's against I just think she's angry at the world and I don't want to come for her too much because I do think that she just went through so much trauma that it's like I don't really know what she's on about but like it just doesn't make sense like they didn't make this comparison compelling or sensical. No, whatever. I just like kind of, okay. You were, okay. Then we get a little recap flashback, which is kind of nice though, uh, of the whole season about like how the whole Gargoyle King thing worked. The problem is this, like this recap helped in that it showed you specific Gargoyle King moments and how like, oh, I got Chick to pretend to be the Gargoyle King. And then he got Benjamin Button involved. And then Mm -hmm. he got Dilton Doily. And then he got Ethel. And then Ethel got... Got everybody else involved. Except, like, we're skipping huge chunks of like when Jughead got all into GNG for a little while, and when like the drugs were incorporated and fizzle rocks and everyone's doing G like if if Penelope's whole plan, so Penelope must have been working with Hiram on that. Like, that must have been part of the plan. Like, why? I don't understand why she wanted the whole town to be addicted to GNG. If the whole thing is just like mess with these specific kids and then make them do this, like really thought out like Penelope has too much time on her. What is happening? She truly like has nothing but time. It's wild. Like I just don't understand. It just. I also can't take Archie seriously throughout all these scenes because his face is just like still all busted up. He looks like Harry Potter in the Order of the Phoenix movie where where at the end Harry looks just like he has a nosebleed for the last 30 minutes of the movie. Like that's kind of what Archie looks like anyway. So yeah. So Penelope's like okay well you're gonna play your final game. It's your final test but you won't win. So I don't know why they even bother trying. They're like so what happens if we win? And she's like you won't win and they're like what happens if we lose And they're like you'll all die and they're like what happens if we don't play she's like we're gonna kill you right now so it's like cool so we're just gonna die uh, okay so yeah, they i feel like i would have just taken my chances and tried to just like tackle her right there i mean it's like... that thing where like a lot of people like if you've ever done which i haven't done but i've known people who've been through like hostage training and all that stuff what they tell you is that you should always just fight right away and fight to the death because if they're gonna kill you they're gonna kill you and right. you should just try to get away as fast as possible, and that's absolutely what they should have done here. Yeah, because, like, when you really think about it, like, at this point, Chick is still in the big Gargoyle King costume, so we probably can't, like, move that fast or, like, really do a whole lot. And who were all of these minions? Well, before they even go out to outside where the minions are, like, I'm talking about when they're in the dining room. Like, personally, they probably should have just attacked Penelope. Like, oh, yeah, they had knives. Oh, okay. No, so I guess Sister Woodhouse, I guess that's why they need it. You know what? I would honestly not be surprised if it, if they, they planned this original scene without Sister Woodhouse, and then they were, like like oh shoot it would be too easy to take Penelope down and how like right there so we need to put in just random other person standing in the corner of the gun to make sure that they couldn't do that yeah but they could have just gotten rid of her like maybe one person would have been shot but like they could have gotten away yeah I feel like it wasn't that bad of a fight but whatever okay so yeah so they're gonna go outside also Penelope stands up and she I don't know if you noticed this she's just wearing straight up lingerie like I did not I, realize that but like you can see her underwear it's weird it's okay. I admired it so much to be honest I, I just like why did you dress these people up in these very conservative outfits and then, okay, I don't even know. So it's time to survive the night. They have to get through the woods and survive. The minions who might kill. Who are the minions? Yeah, that's what you just said. Okay, so at first I was thinking maybe they're the Lost Boys, but then I recalled- Oh, no, they're too tall. <laughs> well, I also recalled that the Lost Boys were given to a deputy to take care of them or something. That's what they said at the end of last episode. And I would just like to point something out real quick that I just thought about. So do you remember who the deputies are? I, well, I assume there's one called Peter Pan because they're the Lost Boys. Oh, God. gotcha. No, the deputies of the sheriff's office who like are taking care of all these little lost boys. The deputy, the deputies are the serpents. Wait, I didn't think they were official deputies. They were deputized. Now, I don't think they're the ones taking care of the lost boys, but it totally could be. I don't think that's true. And it's probably Fangs because Fangs was like triple dipping already. So Fangs ascended. You know what? (laughs) We haven't got there yet. (laughs) Anyway, maybe it's Sweet Pea. I like to think that Sweet Pea just has a little home for all the lost boys. I'm pretty sure there was an adult. (sighs) No, I don't think so. You really think so? You think on this show that they give them an adult to take care of them after Betty was yeah. taking care of all these kids and Archie was taking care of Ricky for like a hot sec? Yeah. No, look, none of the adults own buildings. It's only the children who own buildings, so. They're all just in the speakeasy. Yep, yeah, okay. Don't make me add that to my Canon. Um, I mean, so <laughs> I would love for that to be added to Canon. Get that post-it note out. Um, anyway, so it really sucks that Veronica and Betty have to wear dresses through all this. I'm just thinking about that. Like, well, and they're not like a dress that you could like really do up. much in. Yeah. Like, I don't understand how we didn't have a scene of them cutting like a giant slit in their dresses so that they could run faster. Yeah, that would be nice. Because the thing is, like, this is what annoys me the most about period movies. not a weird. This is what annoys me the most about, like, I guess. That's what you call them, though, right? Yeah, period movies. Is that... Is this, sorry, it just sounds weird. Um, is that like the guys are always wearing these like really mobile outfits and then you'll have like a woman on a pirate ship or like having to do something like run through the woods or whatever. And she's always wearing like a dress and heels and it just seems so complicated. Well, I'm like, get these girls some pants. It's always going to be either like a ball gown or like a strip of fabric over their chest that would not help anything if they needed to run. Like there's no like, oh yeah, this is the only like remotely practical clothing I can think of a woman in pop culture are wearing in these types of situations are like kim possible Lara Croft well, like, they do give Kira Knightley some, like, men's clothing to wear, and it's, like, a whole plot that she has, like, to go get the men's clothing to wear in Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, anyway. that's true. But yeah, it's just, it's a very rare thing that we actually get. Yeah. So, uh, Betty and Veronica were not as lucky. So, conveniently, though, there's, like, signposts that tell them where to go, so we just kind of have to follow those. I know Jughead is the Hellcaster, and they mention that Veronica is the Enchantress. What's everyone else? Like, I guess Archie's the Red Paladin, but it really bugs me that Betty he's never played Betty's the G&G Griffin before Queen. okay fine then say that in this section of the of the thing yeah. because this is again the show trying to do too much or too little depending on the way you look at it I think they wanted it to be this moment where each of these tasks were like super individualized toward the plot line that the characters had throughout the season except it really only worked with Archie because we got the whole Red Paladin situation which again the Red Paladin was a thing brought up by Hiram and like the j- or not the gym the, the jail that, mm-hmm. that Archie Was at. So, was Penelope involved in that, or was he just capitalizing on like the randomness of Riverdale? I think that Penelope must have been involved. Yeah, I guess. Like, I just, I can't think of another explanation for it. I just don't know. uh, I don't know. Again, it's like if Penelope's whole big plan is to get these kids together for this final fight night thing, why was she trying to kill Archie so many times throughout the season? It's just, you can't, I don't know, whatever. So, it's the Red Paladin quest. He's got to conquer the Grizzled Beast. At this point, we both said we thought that a bear might actually pop out. Out, but instead, it's just like a giant dude wearing a bear head. So they fight. Yeah. I really, though, I had a moment where I was like, is Archie going to actually get attacked by a bear again? I don't know. Did he kill this guy? Because it kind of looked like he killed this guy. I think guy. he might have killed this guy. OK. Guess we just don't care about that anymore. The fight was ridiculous. <laughs> Go back and listen to the punching noises during this fight because it's something to listen to. Um. Anyway, so I'm kind of excited for season four when Archie's just in jail because he murdered another dude. Yeah. Like, I hope he goes to jail forever and throw away the key but like this i mean again archie was like yeah i've been fighting all season so this makes sense and also that thing with the bear and also the red paladin like it kind of tied together and then none of the other ones did that at all (laughs) and jughead's like yeah we just gotta follow the clues those aren't clues they're just literally directions written on a tree yeah and also i'm sick of jughead being like i know everything well it's it's his only thing just shut up jughead why do you have to make me hate you today probably my favorite of the quest things was the enchantress quest the veronica one do you like yeah. this one i like this one this one was fun only because at the very end they're like wow we beat it there was no poison and then penelope's like no they were all poison yeah they also just randomly put in a flashback to season one episode one when they're playing spin the bottle that was kind of interesting yeah that was a choice i mean it was like again they're trying to be like this relates to things it's like look if you want to make it relate to veronica's plot line then we should be playing like casino stuff oh maybe. Maybe that's why she was like it's like spin the bottle and then Archie said it's more like roulette. Russian roulette he said. You know, do what you know I mean. what Russian roulette is? Yes, I know what Russian roulette is, but maybe he was trying to tie it into the casino. I don't think he was trying to tie it into the casino. I think he was trying to tie it into the deadliness of the situation. Right. So it's the fate and fortune challenge, which is just a misnomer because there was no fortune. So I'm confused. I had to like reread the directions for this quest like 15 times to figure out what they were doing because I assumed at first I thought, oh, there's six glasses and they each spin and they drink one and that's it. And it's just like hope, you know, you got like one third odds that you, neither of you drink the poison or whatever. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. And then I thought, oh, they keep drinking until they're one left and hope that just like the one left is the poison. But like no, it's it is straight up suicide of yeah. one person. Okay, yeah. So whatever. But actually, it was both of them because it was all poison. Right. So they they take turns drinking back and forth, drinking back and forth. I really thought they were gonna get down the final two cups and then just like knock them over, but they didn't. Betty was about to drink the last cup, but instead Veronica drinks it and then they're all fine. And then and then it was weird. It like broke the tension because Penelope just like walked out and was like, "Oh, there's an antidote. Uh-huh. I don't know. Also, why did she kill Kurtz? so we? Like, what was the point of that? I don't know. Maybe he was getting, like, too crazy with the drugs. Yeah. And and, and uh, so just, like, more stuff that I thought of at this point was, like, why did you waste all your time with Ethel and, like, JB and, like, all that stuff? Yeah, I don't it's know. It's just, it's, that the thing is, like, when you try to make everything connected, it actually makes less sense because the Ethel plot line has nothing to do with any of this. Like, why did you need to make Dilton Doily and Ben Button ascend? I, Mary, we're trying to make sense. Sense of this and I'm going to tell you something that you told me many episodes of this podcast ago you gotta stop okay. we can't make sense of this I just have so many questions I know okay. but like it just doesn't like it doesn't make any sense and I like the, I've been trying to think about it the last few hours since I watched and it's like it doesn't make sense and it's not ever going to which is infuriating yeah you know it's also infuriating Archie wasting time telling Veronica that he loves her when they've literally just been told that you have a slow acting poison that you may or may not make it to the end in time they should be running why are they moseying through the woods wasting time being like i love you i love you too also why the heck did reggie and, and veronica get back together if she wasn't even in love with him and she was always wanting to be with archie because d- veronica's the effing worst and i wish that she had had some of that slow acting poison on her mouth so that when archie kissed her he'd get poisoned and then veronica and betty would get the antidote but archie didn't and then he died <sighs> that's some theme of thrones <laughs> stuff for you right there <laughs> whatever so they're wasting time they kiss we do not have time for this i just kept writing the show does not have time for this nobody has time for this they need brand to be sitting in his chair going we don't have time for this yeah okay so for the most pointless of the quests the hellcaster one again it's like i think the thought here was that like jughead was in charge and there can only be one king which kind of would make sense but then like have him fight the have him fight chick actually when chick is dressed like the gargoyle king or something or have have him have to do something king eb but instead they just it's like the same thing we just saw with Archie except it makes no sense because Jughead's not a fighter but they both like run for an axe and, and they then run like, for this axe and then it's like Jughead hesitates and then he doesn't get there fast enough. Did he kill Chick? No he didn't kill Chick because at the end they say that Chick went to jail but he does like knock him out and I i, the, I think the another thing that bothered me about this was like Penelope has just turned Chick into like her surrogate son so like why would she sacrifice him in this way assuming that he has a 50% chance of not making it out of this probably. I don't know and then Veronica's starting to to, like get woozy which i don't know why she is and not because she drank it, the extra chalice i don't think that's she how she had one more than her yeah but if it's poison like just yeah, if she had make more it poison speed up i i, I, don't I would assume that that's Whatever. the case because it's like how you can train yourself to like not be poisoned by cyanide by like slowly having more and more cyanide and then we have another pointless scene of jughead they're like walking through the woods again they do not have time for this run and get that antidote but instead jughead is like i think maybe we have to figure out how it's all connected because it's a movie obviously that we are living in and we need to solve the plot before we get to the end. No. Like we're all trying to figure out how it's connected but it's it's not so just stop trying to think about it. And he's like maybe we have to break the chain. Careful that doesn't work in Game of Thrones either. Is that a spoiler? Ooh, I don't know. Yikes. Anyway. Anyway. Break the wheel. Break the chain. Same thing. So Betty's turn. Yeah. She says that her and Jughead exchange I love you's but it's a lot quicker because we know that they're in love because there's been character development. Ha ha. Okay. Yeah and so she gets a gun with one bullet and it says one bullet. Okay. And then Hal comes out and then he takes off the mask again. Like, stop. Don't put that mask don't back put on. It, don't put it on. Put <sighs> down the mask, bro. And and I just, I, I don't, again, I just don't get how is he brainwashed? Like, why is he okay to die? Why does he, he shouldn't want to kill Betty. Like, this is just the stuff that makes no sense. It would make a little more sense if, like, Alice was there and he was going to threaten to kill Alice and then, like, Betty had to either kill him or, like, it, it, that would make more sense. But I don't know. Betty doesn't like him because he's a murderer but she doesn't actually, she's not like actively trying to kill him at any point in the season. Yeah. And at no point ever has she been actively trying to kill him. So it just like, it doesn't make sense. And then again, we just don't really get the basis for why he has been going after her or like why Penelope is just sacrificing him. I mean, like I get the whole thing about him being kind of useless, but like, weren't they like married or something? I don't even remember. It I don't doesn't. Know. Anyways. So then basically she shoots him and somehow she's such a crack shot that she can shoot him in his other hand get out of here with this this is such total bull there's no way betty is such a good shot that she can like dead on hit him in the hand well we did see her at the shooting range like yeah, an but ago. like there's a reason why even with law enforcement people will be like why don't they just shoot someone in the leg and it's like because it's not easy to hit someone on like a one of the smaller parts of their body and your hand is like the smallest part of your body there's yeah. no way betty is such a crack shot that she could just hit him in the hand so what now he has two hook hands honestly even if they're both just standing there and she was going to shoot him to just shoot like him in the, in the chest or something. or something yeah like it, that's still a harder target to hit than you would think from like with one bullet and being that far away anyway he doesn't need two hooks because penelope just walks out and shoots him in the head which was uh, you know kind of satisfying because at least we don't have to deal with the black hood anymore i loved when she said you've always been a terrible serial killer <laughs> because it was real it was the first real thing we've gotten also okay this is another thing that i think is my biggest issue with the black Hood, because in general I like the black hood as a villain but not not as like a serial killer I like him as a personal like demon for Betty like the best stuff from season two with the black hood was when he was calling Betty and like tormenting her not when he was out like murdering Grundy because no one cares but the thing that's annoying is that for most of season two he's actually like a villain of Archie's like Archie is the one trying to take care of the black hood because of everything that happens with Fred and Archie's the one who starts like three different gang to take down the Black Hood and, and all of this stuff. It's And then once we find out that the Black Hood is associated with Betty and that it's her father and then even, you know, once all of that stuff happens, Archie like doesn't care about the Black Hood anymore at all. He doesn't, he doesn't still have any issues with him. He's like, okay, cool. I don't care. Sounds good. I got my own problems. My dad's fine. So don't need to worry about that. So it's just like a weird shift, I guess, that happened in the show. And that yeah. uh, bugs me. Um, it's very bizarre. Whatever. But Archie grabs the antidote and Penelope's like, what are you doing? Like, and they're like, uh, we won. We won all the stuff. And she's like, no, you didn't. Everybody killed them. So then they have to run. So then they're running. And then all of a sudden the poisons roll up. And Cheryl had time to change into her archery cape. And <laughs> all of the pretty poisons have their archery gear. Which, like, again, I feel like this is, like, the least practical weapon to have. But whatever. So they're all shooting at the um, gargoyle minions. And then after a couple of minutes, Cheryl's like, poisons, advance. And then she, like, goes back back to see her friends to be like hey you guys you guys all good you fine they're like Katniss Everdeening like pshw, 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 pshw. like that is not how archery works. okay whatever I don't even care again think, it's yeah. not a practical weapon in this case and no but at least it was a range weapon I don't like did, yeah, the, did the other guys like what do they have like spears I like probably, I had like a pocket knife I don't know a Swiss yeah, army knife or something I don't anyways, I guess whatever. we're just not gonna find out who they were I don't care to be honest
1: <sighs> maybe they're all the
0: adult serpents so the girls drink the antidote they're fine no one cares everybody hugs yay Okay, let's go back to the farm for Ascension Night. Kevin's there with a bunch of piles of clothes. Yeah, and so I think it's that so, was well, super funny actually. I think that what we're supposed to take from this is like that they actually like disappeared and it was something mystical but I think they definitely like set that up to look like that and then they left um, Kevin behind because he's the most brainwashed and like the most willing yeah. to lie about it to people, well, right? I-, I don't think that Kevin was like lying. Like I think Kevin thinks they ascended. Yeah, they probably gave him some mushrooms or something is something like that and then they put the clothes down and I mean I think what happened here and I guess we don't know but I think what happened is that they just moved towns they just are moving the farm and they had to leave one person behind Mm -hmm. so that they're hard to follow again in a time of technology like this there is absolutely no way that at this point having Edgar Evernever be so integrated into the town and having like gotten all these people to join his cult that people wouldn't have taken a picture of him and like posted it online so that the next town would know who he is okay so the other thing too is that Evelyn's like weird fake 17 life. She's gone and just directly transferred from school to school to school to school. So I assume there's going to be some kind of record of that where they're going to be like, oh, what school is Evelyn at now? Cool. Yeah, because they're not changing names. It's yeah, I don't know why they're not trackable, but whatever. So I mean, it's kind of hard to get into like, okay, so do we assume that everyone else like Holly and Fangs and everyone, they're fine. They're just moving locations. Probably. I think that's probably what we're saying. I think they probably are somehow. I mean, it's kind of one of two things either Edgar Everton ever never could have been like, we're going to ascend, but we need to leave town because there are bad guys here who hate us and they're detractors. And so he just sort of like gets them on board with moving or he like drugs them up, pretends to ascend them all and then like wakes them up in another town. I don't know. With no kidney. <laughs> yeah. And no clothes. Maybe they change colors each town. Wouldn't that be cool? Like they no longer wear white. They wear like blue mm, or something. I doubt that. Anyway, whatever. Kevin's left behind. Hope he just goes home. Uh, I think he'll, I don't know. I don't really care what happens with Kevin. Honestly, he's making me mad right now. So we'll see. But I guess no one is around to like continue brainwashing him. Yeah, they've got to deprogram him. Yeah. And he's like, oh, they'll never be seen again. Yeah, I don't buy that for a second. Did you think that there was any chance that Edgar at this point had like killed them all? No, I don't think he can afford to at this point. Yeah, I don't think so either. I think he needs some hardcore followers to help convince new followers. It can't just be him and Evelyn. So, okay. Get a Jughead voice over here to wrap up the episode. He says, the Gargoyle King, the Red Dahlia. Which, again, guys, like we're not making the Red Dahlia thing. They never called her that. It was it's one not something. she called herself that the black hood chick was in jail hal cooper was dead finally only penelope blossom managed to slip away into the night so penelope's she yeah, she's gone riverdale belonged to us again a future was ours to write but what would our stories be also all the gangs are like cleaning up pop yeah there's like all this graffiti that's like the gargoyle lives it's like who did this like was did the minions Lost Boys? do like, that like yeah I, I don't know when this got done was this like also cheryl is somewhere and it's hard to tell where i don't I don't know if she's still in the Sisters of Quiet Mercy, but like she still got Jason's dead body. Yes, and what's most traumatizing about this is that its mouth, ma- his mouth was like sewn shut with like big stitches, not like little hidden guys. It's the creepiest. Yeah, it was really creepy, but I- I'm just really confused. So do you think she like found the mushrooms or whatever that she had been taking? Like, do you think part of her is going to sort of like intentionally drug herself so that she can still like pretend to talk to uh, Jason or something? I don't know, and I don't even know what I hope for. But his corpse looked like. The- The mountain had a baby with the king cake baby. It was creepy. Uh, yeah the whole corpse stuff look I'm no scientist but I'm pretty sure like that formaldehyde or whatever mm-hmm. you put on like pretty sure you, you can't it's not like you just do that once and then they can like chill out in the open like still need to put them in the freezer or whatever like I don't think I don't think that they just keep like, dead bodies don't just keep like that. No cause they bur- like Jason was buried. He would have been like yeah. decomposed like heavily decomposed if it had been like two years in the ground. Uh yeah it's it's a issue so I don't know what to do with this whole Cheryl stuff. Hopefully hopefully we just sort of like start of season four be like yeah yeah Cheryl just had a weird moment and then she decided to properly rebury her brother and we move on because you know Jason Blossom he was dead season one episode one let's let's leave it at that we don't need more Jason yeah. Blossom I'm done I don't need to hear the words Jason Blossom ever again and guess what he looked creepy in life and he looks creepy in death yeah thank so, you goodbye <laughs> anyway so Hermione's on the phone Then Veronica walks in Hermione's like oh my gosh what did he do he did that I don't believe it and so yeah they found out that Hiram hid something from her. The FBI storms in and she's under arrest for conspiracy to murder Hiram, which like true did happen. This makes me worry for FP. I I don't know. I mean, maybe Hiram just like decided not to rat FP out. If he found out that Hermione tried to kill him, then he knows FP tried to kill him too. So yeah, uh, it doesn't make sense. Also, that was a whole plot line that happened this season. Woo. Okay. Yeah. So I guess <laughs> that Veronica says that Smithers is her guardian now. Okay, cool. And then Hiram's in jail. Hiram is in his own prison so like this theoretically should be good right because doesn't doesn't veronica own all of like Hiram's properties so shouldn't she like this is a conflict of interest Uh, yeah there's there's absolutely no way that if the the fbi were the ones who caught Hiram, they would not have just handed him over to his own prison like that's i don't know they'd be like you know what We'll just hold him here. So Archie is boxing with Mad Dog and Archie wants to turn the gym into a halfway house community center. Hopefully that's a subplot we just hand off to Mad Dog and do not have to spend all of season four on. But my fingers are not that crossed because Mm -hmm. I just don't care anymore. He wants to keep the kids off the street. I mean, like that's good, but get some properly trained adults and professionals to help out and not just you and Mad Dog and some other random kids. Archie, can you just finish high school? Can you just try to finish high school so that you're not the troubled youth who needs a community center. I don't, I don't know. Okay. All right, guys. Now, for my favorite part of the episode. This actually, I think, is why the episode entertained me so much. And while, while there weren't great things, I think the pros are pretty much wrapped up most of the Gargoyle King stuff. If they wanted to, they could never mention that again, and I'd be satisfied. I, I don't even need... I don't care. I don't care about, you know... I like, don't care that Penelope's gone. It's yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't care about the why or the how or the what. And I don't care about, like... Yeah, I have questions about why you know like what the lasting effects with ethel might be or the gargoyle minions or whatever but we don't need to talk about anymore we could just pretend that it just sort of dissolves we know that the farm is still going to be somewhat in the plot line because of kevin and you know we got to get alice back and i guess polly and polly's pretty brainwashed though so we have to deal with all of that later probably but Mm -hmm. i guess at least they finally wrapped up the gargoyle king yeah at least they at least they accomplished something and like they, they kind of took down Hiram ish in this season although he really wasn't the main villain except for like the beginning with archie being in jail. And then the whole, the what was he called? The Man in Black or whatever? The yeah. Hiram place in this entire storyline feels a little lost for me. But I'm sure that yeah. they will ground that in season four a little okay. bit more. But for my favorite part is one of my biggest issues. And it's been on my list of my Riverdale wish list here. When my biggest thing says, bring back old Alice. And I, I mean, I'm pretty close to wanting to check this off right here. Do you think we can check it off? I think we can check it off. Because I what we, we learned is that old Alice has apparently been old. Alice, all along, but she is acting because she is an FBI informant, which is pretty badass. And I don't care that it's completely implausible and stupid because it means that Alice hasn't been brainwashed this entire time. Yeah. And like, I, again, mystery writing. You know, I don't know how much of the show they write ahead of time, like what kind of roadmap they give themselves, or if they literally like come up with ideas of random episodes and piece it all together as they go. Kind of feels like that. But like, <laughs> back in the beginning, episode one, episode two, when Alice is beginning to get a little brainwashed, she's acting brain- brainwashed around like just Betty yeah so what's the point of that I I mean I guess if you're really playing your job as an FBI informant and you really need to get on the inside and you don't want anything to ruin that I I mean it's annoying because I feel like she would have been better off though just telling Betty that she was doing it and then then Betty wouldn't have been fighting with her the whole time like it just caused like an extra level of conflict that we did not need yeah it definitely did I mean there were smarter ways to go about this but so this guy shows up this FBI agent shows up at I wrote down Betty's house and I crossed it out and wrote down Jughead's house and then I was like I don't know whose house this is anymore um I don't know FP's not there so the FBI have been investigating Edgar for a long time now which is annoying and Betty is just like um yeah what were you waiting for they've been here for months and whatever and and then I quickly made a bet that I said this FBI dude is probably the real Edgar ever and ever because it was a hot blonde dude of like slightly younger age I guess but whatever no it's Charles which Betty and Jughead's half brother something really linking them okay yeah, I completely forgot that he was also Jughead's half-brother. Somehow, like, I knew that that Charles was the child of Alice and FP, and I knew that he was Betty's brother, but we've just, like, never, like, I don't think anyone's ever talked about him as being Jugheads. Again, this is the whole Phallus issue that I have. The fact that on my sticky note, it says that we need to inform Bughead of Phallus is because I don't know. I mean, I guess the Midnight Club when Alice told Betty that she was pregnant and then told talked to her about how much she had, like, thought that FP was hot, that's the only time that Betty had sort of confirmed oh so like the 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 kid you were pregnant with was fps like i don't know if betty had realized that in season two she might have realized that at some point but i don't think that it was ever communicated to, to jughead but then it just they made it seem like in this moment when charles was revealed that jughead already knew that that it was his brother mm-hmm. but i feel like this was never talked about like yeah. just give me when? one scene when did just they give me one scene. they didn't i don't know so okay like can we please stop trying to make like weird ancestral relationships a thing but whatever yeah their family's messed up yeah so i completely forgot about that that, and I went, yay. Oh, ooh, okay. <laughs> I also wrote down great actor choice. He looks like a good mix of both of them. I mean, he looks like probably a good solid, you know, 10-ish years older than them, but he does like something about his forehead and the way he, they have his hair makes it look a little jug heady, but then like it's blonde and he, okay. Someone tweeted us this and let me see who it was real quick. It I was Megan it Elizabeth. Okay. okay. Megan Elizabeth. I did not even realize who this was when I first watched it. I went back because I thought this was a joke. This is Wyatt Nash, aka Matt Elrod from Survivor. (laughs) So we jumped on the call. (laughs) We're going through the questions. Mary goes, ha 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 ha. Wyatt Nash. And I was like, no, Mary, it actually was him. I thought they were just saying that it looked like him, and then I went back. Oh my gosh. And this is like a huge upgrade for him from all these Hallmark movies. Like CW is a bigger deal than Hallmark. Not only is it a huge upgrade, I mean, I think probably a good 80, 90% of our audience knows our association with Rob as a podcast and with Survivor Podcasting in general, but this is so weird crossover. I mean, I don't know. Have we had a mainstream TV show with a Survivor alum on it? I'm not sure. That is not the question to ask me. I don't pay attention don't to that. Did you check in the credits? What we, what he was credited as? Was it Wyatt Nash? Is that what I did? Di- I did not check the credits because I'm I curious. Was busy. Wyatt Nash. Yeah. Okay. he's Okay. Wow. Well, I think he looks great. Yeah, he so, looks hot. I guess. Okay. So he was in Glow on Netflix, and he was in Pretty Little Liars. Wait, who was he in Pretty Little Liars? Mm, it says Nigel Wright. I don't know who that is. Oh man. It's in a show called Dear White People. Hawaii 5 for like an episode. So he's been in like episodes of things but this might be his first real big get. So proud. Good job. Yeah because he's gonna be a recurring character for season four. Yeah so I'm really excited about this and I I am I'm like very interested. So for people who don't know if you don't know who Wyatt Nash is. Yeah we said he we're, we're big Survivor fans and he was on season 22 of Survivor. Survivor Redemption Island and he had a pretty big role on that season. Uh, Not necessarily as a great player, but definitely as an interesting character. And this was back when he went by Matt Elrod before he became an actor and changed his name. Mm-hmm. So it's very interesting. He looks very different here. But he looks great. And as we are all aware, I'm a big fan of attractive men on this show. And I just can't wait until they fabricate a reason for him to take his shirt off. Oh, that I mean, that'll happen. That'll happen nice and soon for all we oh, know. Oh, yeah. Especially uh, he's an FBI agent. They'll have workout montages. It's He'll be shirtless. Oh, yeah. It's oh, going to yeah. be great. It's going to be great. <laughs> I love how everyone is kind of just like, oh, yeah, we need to find Alice. They don't they don't even acknowledge the fact that maybe Kevin was saying something real and that these people actually like, disappeared. They're just kind of like, OK, well, they're gone, whatever. So that's kind of interesting. I already can sense that Archie will have very little to do with the central plot next season because Ar- it seems to be much more farm related. Also, has Archie had anything to do with the central plot in a while? No, no, I don't think he ever did, actually. OK, so everybody is in. The gang is all back together. They're in pops. They're having milkshakes. They're having milkshakes. And Archie is like they're, they're having a sort of like important conversation talking about like okay we need to find Alice and and we need to make sure Hiram's in jail and whatever and we need to get Hermione out of prison although again they're like oh we need to bust Hermione out I'm sorry she did she did actually try to kill her husband though so like maybe she should serve a little time I mean I know she's not like like yeah she was trying to take down a bad guy I feel like she could they could just like do like get a good lawyer and do like the legal defense of like um that they've done before where like battered wives are able to like get away with the actual murder of their husbands. And, like self-defense yeah. after like a cycle of abuse like they could probably take that path but it's just it's not the same as Archie where he like was in prison he was falsely in prison like she's not falsely in prison but also though. like yeah like Archie escaping from prison he just got lucky that the information came out at the right time that he was actually yeah like innocent you know I, I do think that we're gonna get more on this because he said your wife has been arrested and we've planted uh we've planted the evidence we've planted the evidence so I think the evidence is something related to something else that's either gonna to be something that's gonna hurt Archie or FP or Veronica so I thought it was gonna just be more evidence that she had tried to kill him but like honestly I don't care I don't it's know. gonna be stupid Hiram like stands up like stands up from the weight bench and he's like you don't even know what you're up against miha. Yeah. and it's like shut up Hiram just stay in jail yeah please do so while they're all having this chat about important things Archie just keeps interrupting and being like yeah but guys like let's enjoy our senior year we haven't had any partying since like season one I added that part in but like also they haven't so yeah well we guess what Archie how about you focus on your studies so you can actually graduate high school sometime this decade I don't know and he's like let's just guys like let's just not do mystery murders anymore or like gremlins how did he already forget the word for gargoyles like this happened he yesterday he never knew it because he's an idiot <sighs> whatever anyway okay. so then they're like yeah let's do it and then we get a flash forward for the first time in Riverdale history I, it, yeah I guess it is and and this this really reminded me of uh revenge Because the very first season in the show Revenge is a flash forward to the, what ends up being, I think, the season finale of season one. So, and and you're sort of waiting the whole season because you know you need to get to that point. This is definitely what they're doing here. So it's interesting. Yeah. And so we've got Archie, Veronica, and Betty. They're standing in their underwear in front of a big fire. They're going to burn their clothes. They're covered in blood. Jughead's not there. It says spring break senior year. And so I assume that Jughead's not in this scene because they want us to think that Jughead is dead. Yes, that's clearly what they but, want like I'm be. pretty sure they probably killed Hiram Ooh, oh I didn't even think about this yeah so Betty is talking and she says we need to burn all of our clothes including Jughead's beanie then we're gonna wash off our blood then we're gonna graduate and go our separate ways and we'll never talk to each other again and that's the only way we won't get caught for this okay I don't love the fact that Jughead's not here because yeah it's definitely trying to make us think that he died or there's something. no way because if Jughead was dead it would be like they'd be seeking justice not like hiding yeah. it unless I guess like if he maybe died from something else like my much earlier on in the season and then they get revenge I don't know anyways it's I assume that they're gonna kill Hiram maybe Penelope I guess I I like the idea of killing Hiram I don't think that Veronica would be that calm though it's annoying because I don't know who they would be killing if they're killing someone the main characters have killed people most of which by punching but but also like they're not we don't really talk about them in the same way I guess as when like other big kills happen like if they're going to kill Hiram they need we need to hate Hiram enough that we want them to do that and anything that Hiram's going to do where we want them to kill him is probably a good enough reason that they could like tell the authorities and not get in so much trouble that they have to go their separate ways and never talk again. So I don't I don't love this. I'm not glad that we are already writing ourselves into a corner here of something that's going to happen. I'm also going to tell you right now though, fortunately, this show doesn't care, so it's just not going to make sense and they they won't go their separate ways and they won't never talk about it again. No, of course not. Although this- did remind me this sounds like the description you get at the beginning of a fan fiction that's like it's been four years since the crazy event that made veronica archie and betty go their separate ways but now they've conveniently all met back up at the same summer camp where they're counselors and they have to confront their past experiences yeah it's like murder their best friend jughead i don't know whatever it's like it's been four years since betty and veronica last spoke yeah after the incident yeah no it's just dumb but whatever i don't i don't expect anything but dumb from this show anymore so whatever i also really appreciate the fact that they're all wearing the same underwear they wore when they jumped in the like stream back in like episode two they or whatever all this own only one type of underwear and they have seven and pairs of it and i just think it's funny because like for a teen show that routinely has the kids wearing like see-through shirts and the guys are always taking off their shirts and like girls are typically in bras and they're making out or hooking up what is the thing that they are like having to wear these like extreme granny panties at all times whenever the girls are wearing underwear it's like literally up to their like navel you know what i'm a fan okay it's comfort I- i'm not maybe they're it's on not... their periods i don't no, know i'm just i'm not saying it's not a good look i'm saying no girls like just own that one type of underwear and they're matching like veronica does not own all black underwear there's no way i mean maybe oh <sighs> okay i wouldn't whatever. put it past her yeah so do you think that that is going to be like the middle of season four or like closer to the end i hope I... it's the middle but i could see it being closer to the end yeah, I I would be annoyed if it's the middle. Just that I want as many episodes with Jughead as possible because he's the only one who routinely like progresses the plot. So okay, great. Yeah, and then they and then they all clink glasses and we flash back to the present where they're like, Yay, friends, BFFs, we'll be together forever. I think they actually do say like friends forever or something. And then it's really creepy and they're like slow mo drinking milkshakes and they all have whipped cream all over their face and it's weird. Anyway, yeah, that's how the season right. ends. Anyway, so it's over. Yeah, it is. So. Okay, Okay, let's go through real quick. What is your dream for season four, including that one scene we had? Like, what do you want to happen? Not what you think they're going to do, but what do you actually just like, if you got to make it up, what do you want to happen? I want it to make sense. Yeah, I mean, I think let's let's trim it down. Let's... Actually, you know what I really want? I want a crossover episode with Sabrina. I think that's, I think that's pretty likely. Do you think that there'll be another musical episode? Probably. I hope there's not another musical episode. But yeah, I, I think that I, I would like to deal with the farm stuff in the first eight episodes like let's figure out let's get Alice back let's deal with the farm if this is I I think that there is a relatively good likely or a a relatively high chance that this will be the last season of Riverdale. I I would not be surprised by that at all. I I don't really know what they're gonna do I mean it's kind of like the Smallville problem they did four seasons they were in uh, high school and then they like had a hard time continuing the show I mean they did for six more seasons but they the show lost a lot of its uh like I don't know authenticness because they were all of a sudden older and they've Mm -hmm. done that before though with like one tree hill. Where they leave know. and then they come back four years later. So who knows? But yeah, I would love them to wrap up the farm stuff early on. Yeah. And then spend the rest of the season with Hiram. If Hiram's going to be your big bad, that's fine, but let's only have him. Do not incorporate another supernatural guy on top of this. We don't need the Black Hood. We don't need the Gargoyle King. We're done with those. We don't need Jason to come back. Yeah. Done no, with all that. We can just have like one main plot line and like actually really work on it and make it a good one. Yeah. So just to go through some other comments, because we got a lot of good comments this week. Gregory McBean said, oh, well, this was from last week where he told me that I had misspelt my name in the description for my recent podcast. Yes, my name is Mary, not Mark. I fixed the problem. Thank you for pointing that out, though. <laughs> Although once um, I did try to send my audio to Mark, so. Yes, but please, uh, if anyone ever notices something like that again, feel free to reach out because I routinely have typos. Okay. TJ Kelly says, can't wait for this podcast. The episode was nuts and I loved it. You need to watch ASAP if you haven't. So I don't know if he means that he loves it in terms of, like enjoyed it or just thought it was ridiculous. But either way, I think we're no, kind of on the same board. I respect your emotions, okay? Yeah. and uh, Coot says, Frail Mary, Kirsten said what? Not only a bad Survivor finale, but a bad Riverdale finale as well. So I feel like we're a little across the board here of people either love it or hate it. I'm more, I'm more on the loving of the Riverdale side than the hating it just because I've accepted what the show is. The other thing too is it's like, we're going to have a few months before there's new Riverdale. And yeah. that is a relief. It's going to be a nice break. We will be talking about season one and season two. So do something there. Uh, But okay. Mego on Twitter says, please talk about the fact that Wyatt Nash, aka Matt Elrod, is on the show. We did. We got you there. We got you, girl. Kyle Picard says, so are Penelope and the Gargoyle stuff and the farm not connected at all? Is Hiram connected to the farm? Is Hiram connected to Penelope and the Gargoyle stuff? Still too much confusion. I think it's all like a little connected, but it is very confusing. I think unfortunately it's looser connected, more, more loosely connected than we wanted it to be. Mm -hmm. It's not one person all working together, which like kind of makes sense because why would they be working together? But also it doesn't make sense. I think Hiram definitely was working with Penelope to some extent in terms of he was like, oh, great. You're doing whatever your weird revenge fantasy with the gargoyle stuff for fun. And you're just messing with the town for fun for whatever reason. So sure. Like, can I also incorporate my drugs into that to heighten everything? And she's like, yeah, sure. She probably helped him grow some of the plant parts of his drug. I'm sure. So I think that that part was definitely sort of working together we know that uh whatever other blossom dude i can't remember his name i'm still gonna go with howard howard blossom whatever his guy i know but i can't think of his name so we know that he was involved in the drug trade stuff what happened to him did he die i, I think, think so. he's dead who knows so so yeah i think that like he was involved in that but like chick being the gargoyle king was really just related to how cooper and so we like we know that that's why they're connected i think the farm like i said just kind of was doing similar methods probably coincidentally and was probably only seemingly connected on the show because it was a red herring. Yeah. So I think that's so there's the that. Will Hatch says who would win Riverdale Edge of Extinction? So if if people from Riverdale were playing Survivor Edge of Extinction. So what's the second least satisfying end? Yeah I mean I think like Archie like, winning is the most dissatisfying so I don't think he would win. Is like Veronica winning the second yeah. least satisfying probably? Veronica robbing Reggie in final tribal council. Yeah something. Like that, I mean. But who do you think? Who do you think would just is most like their their plot line is like them sitting on an island for 27 days or 28 days and then coming back and winning right at the end. So who do that we actually, not see that a whole does, lot of? Honestly, that feels like Archie because his plot it lines does. are so separate and it's very much like the Black Hood stuff where he did effing nothing and then he got all the credit for catching him. Yeah. So so I Archie already won in season two. Yeah. And that is the oh, well. most unsatisfying. So it's actually worse. Yeah. Evan on Twitter said. Says, will Kevin be defarmed? I um, God, I hope so. Yeah, I think I think he will be. Uh, I think he may not be defarmed until Alice comes back, though. I think they might have to find Alice in order for that to happen. Uh, I'm not feeling great about Kevin. I think the show made Kevin a main cast member, a, a lead cast member at the beginning of the season and then decided they didn't really know what they were going to do with him. Something else, I was watching old episodes the other day and I realized that early on in season three, when the speakeasy was opening, Kevin demanded that he was going to have the job of MC. He never did that. It yeah, never happened. at no point. So, I, I think they didn't really know what to do with Kevin. They kind of had a plot line with him joining the RRTC and being with Moose. And I liked that. And and that had a lot of stakes to it. And then they got rid of Moose. And I think, I don't see Moose coming back, which kind of stinks. That. I mean, maybe they'll do like a love triangle thing with him and Fangs, but I don't know. Uh, Evan also writes, where is Sweet Pea and how does he feel about Fangs? Yeah, see that's the that's I would the like thing to about know. like Fangs. We've had like a lot of scenes with Fangs and Kevin, but they're not really like they're not themselves and we've had way fewer scenes with Sweet Pea and I really liked the, the fangs and Sweet Pea combo they were like BFFs and it's kind of sad that they weren't in this yeah. the serpent plot line kind of dropped off throughout the season so Yeah where are the serpents who is in charge of them what is going <sighs> on would love to know And then is Penelope in jail no Penelope escaped um oh shoot so I was going to say the whole Gargoyle King plot line was completely wrapped up but I guess Penelope wasn't Yeah so. but like at least like she can't hide behind the Gargoyle King mask anymore we like know who she is The other thing that makes me me annoyed with all the jail stuff is just like has anyone who's ever been sent to prison so far actually stayed there Hal didn't Hiram's Hiram probably not going to Archie, did, didn't. Archie didn't and Hiram already yeah. got out of prison early in season one it's like I keep I keep bringing up all these Smallville references but like in Smallville there was this prison that basically all of the bad guys that Superman caught got sent to and they would routinely escape it's not it, you never felt good and satisfied that someone went to prison so okay one more I got a really long letter from Noah Salmon who had was talking all about his thoughts on the season and he said here's the tea the finale was good yes it was fast paced but I love the cleanup and it was very logical I love the reveal that Alice was undercover the whole time me too mm-hmm. and Jason isn't actually alive me too yes thank god <laughs> yeah, I agree though with those and that Penelope is apparently more of a genius than we thought okay I, I don't know about that but I-, I do at least agree that I'm glad that she's not as stupid as a lot of the other adults in the show So there's a- I really like where they're going with season 4 it seems like as if the main storyline will be about Bughead working with Charles to take down the farm, mainly Edgar, and save Alice. Oh, I would love to say that that's the main storyline, but like I said, it's probably going to be like first half of the season kind of stuff. Yeah, It's a cool idea given that Alice is secretly working with the FBI. I'm personally fine with the story as long as there's no more griffins and gargoyles or something as ridiculous. I agree. Same. Big same, but I don't think we'll ever get that lucky. There's also a few other small plot lines they alluded to in the end, but I feel like they'll focus mainly on this one, or at least I hope they do because I don't care about the Lodge family drama anymore. My theory about this spring break scene is that this will be toward the end of the season but will not be about Jughead's death so on the same page with you rather I think they will have murdered someone else and that Jughead had to run away from the scene but they have to burn his clothes to due to the blood evidence no way that they kill Jughead yeah look there's no way they killed Jughead unless they plan to end the series thanks for reading this and thanks for a great season of podcasting Kirsten and Mary oh <laughs> P.S. What the frick was with the floating babies from season three, episode one. Thank this, you. this is the only thing that I hate about the finale. Why was it never addressed? Was it an illusion by Betty? I'm triggered. Okay, we're on the same page, Noah. You and me yes, on the same Noah. page. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I, I really don't think we're ever going to get a satisfying answer about the floating babies. I'm sorry. I just don't think I we am are. And I'm not okay with it. I agree with most of his takes, except I, I just, I'm worried that we're not going to get as happy of, a, of an answer as we want, so. <sighs> Ugh, whatever. It's fine. Any Anyways, thanks, Noah, for all your thoughts, and thanks for listening all season. Yeah, it's been really great, and we'll definitely let you know if we have any off-season podcasts. I know that you volunteered to help out with that, so we got a couple things that we got a couple suggestions for some off-season stuff to do, so we'll definitely look into that and we'll let you guys know. Uh, like we said earlier, we're going to try and do some season one and two stuff, so if you want to rewatch that, or if you know anybody who is not caught up with season three but would be interested in listening to the podcast, shout them out for that. Okay, this is going on. Long But like I said, got a lot of stuff to get to. So something we did back in the mid-season finale, episode eight, Outbreak, which was on December 12th, is we did some mid-season superlatives that I have written down here. And I would like to just go back, reread them, and see if we still feel like they deserve for the full season that same superlative or if we want to give it to someone else. Okay. So who was the most disconnected from the reality of the season throughout the whole season? Archie? Yeah, I think it was more Archie. At the time, we said Veronica because by eight, she was just completely not at all in the griffins and gargoyles plotline, mm-hmm. and i think she while she still wasn't super in on that she at least was slightly more connected than archie was his whole punching archie thing. was just punching stuff like it doesn't yeah. matter so yeah i think archie definitely was the most disconnected from the rest all right so archie who was the most shocking death we had said Dilton back in the mid-season finale. You know, honestly, I would probably stick with Dilton because that was like the moment where it was like, oh, they will kill anyone. Yeah, that was definitely the most shocking. I really didn't think he was going to die. I'm trying to think if there was anyone since there. Um, I mean, did anyone stay dead? Uh, Like Mineta was not a very shocking death because no. we knew he hadn't died the first time. I, I mean, like maybe maybe Hal or baby teeth. No, I yeah. feel like Hal was always going to die when he broke out of prison. Yeah, so I, I think it is still Dilton. Although I will say the most shocking character write-off for me was moose i did not see him just sort of being yeah written off that was very shocking yeah okay best kiss scene at the time we had said moose and kevin in episode eight and i do i do love a good moose and kevin kiss yeah and, and i don't really think did kevin fangs have any good kisses i don't even know if we've seen them kiss i at feel all. like veronica and reggie had like a really hot kiss in bed at one point but probably i can't pinpoint the episode Yeah. If i can't remember the episode like- oh no i think i think the best kiss was in the episode that Cheryl and Tony broke up when they were making out in the speakeasy. Oh, yes. Yeah. I don't the remember best, what like, that episode was. That was the best sex scene of the entire series. Yeah. So I would have to relook up what episode that is, but I definitely think it'll go to Cheryl and Tony for that. Okay, what was the most ridiculous subplot? Uh, Casino Night was the most ridiculous one by se- by episode eight. I- I'm pretty sure the most ridiculous plot is Archie getting attacked by a grizzly bear in the hinterlands. Yep. <laughs> yep. Like, how did he walk away from that? Don't know. Like, literally walked away. He walked home after. Her. character we wish we saw more of reggie really who do you more than kevin I, yeah but i'm sick of what kevin's giving us right now so i don't want to see more of him i guess more than josie josie i'm glad is moving on to bigger and better things okay. and we'll see her on her spinoff show in the fall so reggie all right sure he, he grew on us throughout the season i think reggie is the best i think reggie season two wasn't as great reggie season two was when they had a whole lot of the serpents versus the like football players kind of thing and he was kind of annoying because we were kind of rooting for the serpents there yeah I, I think he definitely we got to see a completely different side of reggie this season and and hope we get to see more of him later. I'm still annoyed that he wasn't invited to it's fight night or I'm whatever it I'm still really annoyed that Archie ruined Reggie's moment getting back with Veronica and then now Veronica's just gonna be back with Archie even though Reggie's a hundred times better and yeah. hotter. What is the most infuriating headcanon? Um, at the time we said that the dads have no jobs. Has that been taught? That there are no adults or women in the serpents. Yeah, or the fact that Veronica and now Archie own property and have jobs and The adults don't. Who? Or Molly Ringwald only caring about Archie's relationships when she should be caring about other things like getting her son through high school. Or Ugh. Archie thinking he's going to graduate high school when he hasn't gone to school in at least a year and a half. Yeah, or the fact that you have to take the SAT only one time, apparently, and it's during your junior year, which makes no sense. There's a lot of issues. Anyways, the whole season. Yeah. So the whole season. All great. of it. <laughs> All right. Here's a really, really tough one. Who was the most normal person of the week? Of the week? We've moved on to our normal things. That that was it for superlatives. Oh, no. Hermione? Uh, maybe. I'm thinking maybe Nana Rose. Um, yeah, but the way she was talking, was too weird. Tony? Tony was pretty normal. Uh, She was... Did she do anything not normal? I mean, she got her gang together, but that's like pretty normal Ooh. for her. What about this? Does it get to go to Alice because she finally became normal again? Yes. <laughs> Great. You know what? It's the first time all season that Alice gets to be normal, except for season three, episode four, when young Alice got the award. So you I'm know happy what? about that. She this. deserves this. She earned it. It's also interesting because that episode reminds me. We were kind of surprised at the time that that Alice, even though she was partially in with the farm, was just sitting down with her her daughter and having this whole conversation with her about the uh, about the thing We're like, man, she's like really coherent right now and not talking about the farm. while well, she was woke the whole time. So that's fine. Oh, you know what? I'm going to add this to my list of things that I still want an explanation for. In addition with the uh, baby drop thing, I would like to know. <laughs> so what was with the Gargoyle King breaking into Betty's house? And what was with FP's yeah. really weird look? Why was <laughs> there that a time? headstone? Like, what was that? Why was that on her on her bed? Okay, we don't care. Okay, so Survive the Night, from what I can tell, is a first-person shooter survival game. Oh, I don't I don't know if that's all it is. It looks really creepy when you look up pictures. I'm not um, looking that up. Then I don't want to. Yeah, I would not look this up if I was anyone who doesn't already know what it is. I'm not sure if this was a book or a movie as well, but uh Survive the Night. Uh, yeah, Steam community, Twitch streaming. Yeah, that's that's what I'm getting a lot of. I mean, there are various books called Survive the Night as well, but yeah. Oh, you you know what Survive the Night is a book because mm-hmm. i remember someone talking about how it was not very good oh so survive the night also appears to be a book okay. from 2015 by danielle rollins and it, the description says stephen King's meets pretty little liars in this pulse-pounding novel from the author of the merciless just back from rehab cassie reg- or casey regrets letting her friends shauna julie and R- aya talk her into coming into survive the night an all-night underground rave in a new york city subway tunnel yeah this sounds familiar like I remember somebody reading it and saying that it wasn't very good so anyway that is survive the night oh uh breaking news we got another tweet from Kat who says watched at 2 a.m and it all makes perfect sense Charles is Wyatt Nash Matt Elrod so he wasn't actually dead just at Redemption Island and that is perfect way to close this out I think it really is thank you so much all right well thank you everyone for a great season I can't believe we've been caught podcasting this for like eight months I mean how long has it been now since October, right? Yeah, this is the most most I've talked to anyone outside my family all year. No, I'm kidding. I probably no. Actually, I mean, I think in general I, I mean, it's it, might right. <laughs> it might be I accurate. I may have talked more to you than some of my actual family. Yeah, yikes. Anyway, all right. Well, that is all for this week's episode. We will not be back next week for a recap of episode twenty three because it doesn't exist. But we will be back very soon, within the next week or two, probably with an episode of season one. I think we are on season one, episode eight, eight or nine, I think. Yeah. I also have a new podcast in the works that will be coming out on Kowski Cast sometime in the next several Ooh. weeks. I do not have a release date yet, but I will tell you it is very different, and I think it's hilarious. So it'll be hit or miss <laughs> with probably the rest of the audience. We'll see, but it's gonna make you think about movies and a very specific genre of movies that you may or may not like, and that will be the hint that I'm giving you. This is very mysterious. It is. It is. Until then, you can follow us both online. You can follow me at Brail Mary on every platform, and you can follow Kirsten at Kirsten said what on every platform. And do you have anything else you'd like to plug? I was gonna say it's the end of. The the season if you enjoyed our podcast you could give us five stars on iTunes write us a review we're gonna be really starved for attention so we're gonna really need your attention and we're gonna need you to be nice to us honestly you can be mean as long as you give us five stars and then we'll read on the podcast and it'll be great thanks yeah and if anyone has any other thoughts on season three or any ideas for any off-season podcast please let us know and probably season three will be dropping on the US Netflix probably this summer I would expect probably so- Like September? Yeah, so when that comes out, if you have any friends who are watching Riverdale for the first time, feel free to mention our podcast because that would be a really great bump for us with probably a lot of people who are not watching it live, but we'll watch it on streaming services. So just another thing to look out for. Sorry this podcast went on very long. You know, we started the season with a couple long podcasts, got a little short toward the end, but you know, back at it. So It's the finale, okay? Like everyone can just deal with it, okay? (laughs) Come on. (laughs) Thanks for listening. We've appreciated it so much. Is there anything else? else mary are we done no that's all thank you bye Bye. (laughs) shut up hiram just stay in jail doesn't make sense